Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Maness, and every week I sit down for a 30-minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. This week, I'm curious about what goes into a song, so I'm joined by Song Exploder podcast host, Rishi Hirway. Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. And this week, I'm so excited to welcome Rishi. I nailed it, right? You nailed it, What's your gorgeous last name? Hereway. Hereway. My full name is Rishi K. Hereway. Beautiful name. (laughs) It really is. Like a gorgeous melody. Which goes right into what we're going to be talking about today, honey. How do you lay down the track of a song? She's really kind of a major topic when you think about it. And just to qualify the topic a little bit, and just to tell the children a little bit about you, you host two very major podcasts. One is very much in the vein of what we're talking about. The other is not. (laughs) And I'm very obsessed with that one, though. Um, The West Wing Weekly Podcast, you guys recap an episode of The West Wing. Yep, one a week. um, Which is great. Where are you guys in it? We just finished season four, which is a dramatic time because that's when the creator, Aaron Sorkin, left. And so we finished this with – we did a live tour at the end of season four – you know, culminating with a live episode we did with Aaron Sorkin talking about— Was he furious? You know, when he left the show, yeah. You know, there was a lot of factors, and he was really surprisingly candid about everything. He talked about the network, and he talked about, you know, actors' salaries and things like that. What about Allison Janney? What did she? Where, what was her role in all of it? Allison Janney? Oh, in him leaving? Well, just, or just in the podcast? All of it! She's been on the podcast a bunch of times, <gasps> and she's amazing. I love her so much. And Tanya, she was everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Also everything in Drop Dead Gorgeous. And the West Wing. And the West Wing. Yeah. She's she can't be She stopped. was Sarah Huckabee Sanders, basically, right? Oh please. Oh please. Not like in personality, but like in <laughs> but role. Yes. Yeah, that's her role. Yeah. 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 She was she was modeled after Dee Dee Myers in the Clinton administration, the first female press secretary. I used to love Janet Reno's like sense of style. I love that mushroom cut. Yeah. I loved her yep. power suits. Like yep. as a six year old, they really spoke to me. Um <laughs> until I learned about like what she did to all of those right. like religious crazy people. I mean, they weren't hurting anyone, girl. Like, why did you do that? Yeah. Then those red shoulder pads take uh, on an ominous quality. They Yeah, they get like all, yeah. yeah. But I did love her brute sense of style. <laughs> it, it worked for me. But like anyway. The mean principle. Yeah, but I really got on a tangent there. I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, the other podcast that you host, it's amazing, is Song Exploder. And that's, I said that right, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, so no, but so basically you have interviewed really major people. Most notably for me, you talked to Solange in your real life face hole. Yeah, I went to New Orleans and <gasps> uh, we spent a couple hours in the studio together. So let's lead off there. <laughs> okay. For me, true, 2010, some things never seem to fucking work. I love that album so much. Yeah. It, and I still haven't stopped playing A Seat at the Table. I listen to it usually once a day, maybe once every other. Mm-hmm. Solange is a big get. Yeah. Honey. It was, it was a big one. Did you talk to her about, like, because um, obviously I've listened to all your podcasts, <laughs> right. so it's great. I'm really well-researched. I'm Christian. I'm on poor. Be proud. But I feel like when she first got into music and she was, like, finding her vibe, it was, like, like it's not where she ended up. Like, I feel like she was, like, who am I? Like, am I Beyonce's little sister? Am I, like, Beyonce B-side? Like, I don't get it. And then she was, like, no, 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 no. I have my own voice. Mm-hmm. And this is it. Yeah. And I feel like True was the first time that she really, like, gave us that. And then she's just been so on fire for me ever since. Yeah. Did she talk about that or, like, finding her creative voice? Or did she feel Ashley Simpson-ish, like, very much in the shadow very much? Well, so the thing about Song Exploder is I actually don't talk about that stuff. I don't ask the artist about any of that stuff. The focus is really specific. It's just about one song. So I talked to her about Cranes in the Sky. Oh, such a gorgeous song. And the the questions are really, how did you make the song? 
What were the creative decisions and why did you make them? And that took eight years for her to make that song. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's talked about the beginning. You know, she first went in to uh, make music with Raphael Sadiq yep. from Tony, Tony, Tony. And then on her way out, she got a, um, a CD of some instrumentals that he gave her. And she started working on one. There was one that spoke to her. And she started working on that. And it took her from uh, Miami to New Orleans, all over the place. And she would write a little bit, write a little bit and start to figure out. And so she breaks down basically how every piece of the music comes together. I get the tracks of the recording, all the tracks split out. So we can isolate things like just this backing vocal part. There's a part I asked her about in the song where um, she says, you know, I cry it away. Throughout the whole song, she's saying, you know, I, 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 I. And right then she says, uh, I cried away. And the backing vocals say, don't you cry a baby. And so don't I you cry a baby. Yep. Yeah. You know, so the question I ask her there is, um, why did the voice change? Why did it go from I to you? And she said, in that moment, um, you know, when she was younger, her mom um, used to tell her and, and her sister, you know, she doesn't say Beyonce, but she's like, she used to tell me and my sister, if we were feeling bad, we had three days. You could cry, you could feel bad, you can feel blue for three days. On the third day, you have to get your ass up and get back and get going again. And, uh, and she said, those three voices in that moment, that's my mom and my two aunties telling me, you got to stop crying, you got to get back to it. And so now, you know, I hear that little moment in that song. The idea of Song Exploder is you get to hear a song in all the ways that an artist kind of gets to hear it. You know, you get to hear, hear it the way, the intimate version of it, it with, with the eyes of the creator. It's like and, a director's cut. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but just about this one little piece of thing, that, one little piece of art that they make. And so, you know, now I listen to that song, I hear that voice, and I get to hear all that. That story kind of comes flooding in in just that little second as the music plays. Crane in the Sky is like such an important song. I mean, she's talking about in that, if you guys haven't heard it, like you need to get a seat at the table and listen to track four like yesterday. Um, but basically she's talking about like trying to fill her life. She thought this dress would make it better. She thought that like this event would make it better, but then you still feel the same. Like it's a lot of like, she's, she's like a fucking crane in the sky. And then it doesn't like, you don't necessarily feel better. Like after you get like the things. Yeah. Yeah. And so she talks about the lyrics and she talks about, you know, using this uh, toy instrument that they got literally from Toys R Us that, you know, features in the song. There's a piano that she played in New Orleans on the whole record at this community center that she likes to go to where she would go to see, you know, go for like barbecues and, and Zydeco concerts and things like that. So that's the concept of the show. I interview someone. So we spoke for about two hours. The final result is about a 20-minute episode. And you just hear her voice. You don't hear my questions. You just hear her answers intercut with these isolated parts of the song, sort of building Can up. we hear a little piece of Solange's episode? Um, let me see if I can... Uh... Just a little piece? <laughs> just a little bitty-bitty baby piece? Um, were you kind of like blown away and starstruck and like couldn't handle your life around her? Were you okay? I was very, I was really excited. She was so cool and easy and uh, and nice. And and you know I try to keep my starstruckness under control. I mean like right now I'm doing a pretty good job, right? I don't see you're killing like I'm, it. I'm fanboying out too. No, too you're much. killing it. But I'm you know. Before I try to I, keep it together too. I because like I've I call well Tan taught me that it's called like being summoned. Like I've been summoned by like some pretty major ass like celebs like. I'm like, we'll be minding my own business. And then like, it's like, so-and-so is like, come over. And you're like, okay. That's literally, this is my life right now in this moment. Wait, can I show you this, this tweet from a few weeks ago? Maybe you could read it out loud. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> this is a tweet. Sure. That- um, this is, yes. Um, I had to rush to the airport. So my hair is whatever. And I thought, okay, no big deal. But it turns out Jonathan from Queer Eye is on the plane now. And I regret everything. No. Uh, <laughs> no. You were sitting in the same row as me. I was? And my wife. Yeah. 
like you were sitting next to my wife. Uh, this was when we were flying back from New York to L.A. When? Like last week? Like three weeks ago, April 24th or something like that. My God. Well, if it makes you feel any better, if you ever see me in an airport, I am like always so fucking stoned. I'm about <laughs> to like, like I don't know like how I got there. I'm like late because like I like to be really, 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 really super high so that I can <laughs> just knock myself unconscious when I get on the airplane so that when I arrive to wherever I'm going, I'm just like impossibly refreshed. I'm gorgeous. I'm awake. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I didn't notice your hair. And I <laughs> honestly don't notice a fucking thing in oh. the airport. Because like I don't even just smoke. Like I layer edibles, honey. I don't want to know exactly what month it is if I'm on an airplane. Well, you seem very you, alert on, on the flight. I'm you a were, functioning stoner. You, you helped someone with their bag, in fact. You were very polite. Oh, was I? You were on your best behavior. Yeah. Ah, cute. Yeah. I hate watching people struggle for an overhead bag. I'm like, girl, let me just get this for you. I'm tall. It looks like you got a shoulder issue. Let me just help you out a little bit. Yeah, that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. Did you guys have a nice trip to New York? It was great. It was actually, it was the day after I that um, Aaron Sorkin interview that I was talking about. I was flying back from that. You are just really like chasing down your dreams, like talking to creators, honey. I love that story. <laughs> you're killing it. So your list of who you've chatted to is Insane. I mean, Lord is another one um, who I'm very obsessed with from this list. And I watched her talk a lot about how she put together um, what was her last album that, that was nominated for the Grammy? That melodrama? Was, yes, melodrama. And she, it was like all by color because she's like, here's like yes. colors. Yeah. And once I read that and watched her talk about that, when I hear it now, I'm like, oh my God. So what song did you guys talk about? We did uh, Sober. Sober's from? From Melodrama. It's this one. Imagine this narrator like trying to keep those voices in and just, ah! And you said, oh, shit, cover your mouth. You know, ah! <laughs> just like popping Is that out all over the show. That's her New Zealand accent. Okay, keep going. So that's her explaining, like, these backing vocals, these, uh-huh, that she... Okay, I'll keep playing. There's always an element of strange feedback ticking away at the back of a Jack Antonoff song to really, like, give it body, and uh, I love that. I love Lord's voice. <laughs> this is some classic Jack Antonoff shit right there. Jack's always doing that. She's got like a that, thick fucking like sharp voice. I just want to fucking like pulling it to a slather that voice oh, all over my big gay face. <laughs> if you remember all that great. Oh, wait, wait. I want to hear this Alondra now. Okay. I think this is going to end up just being like 30 minutes of us like listening to like different clips of your podcast. That makes it easier on me. Right. Why don't you like to hear your voice in your podcast? It just like wasn't your vision. You're like it. A- yeah, I think, you know, I, I wanted to feel as intimate as possible in terms of um, the listener's experience should be like reading liner notes that the artist wrote themselves. And so it should feel like the artist is in conversation with you. And if I'm not there, I felt like that would help things along. And also, especially when I started, I had never interviewed anyone. And so I didn't trust my own abilities in that role. I thought, okay, I can talk to someone, get the information that I need, but I can cut out the sort of embarrassing ums and uhs and stutters and sort of lack of confidence that you might hear from me on the mic. I don't know. You're so good on the mic and you're so easy on the eyes, honey. I mean, (laughs) I feel like the children would want to hear your gorgeous voice, honey. You have a thick, creamy, gorgeous voice. Thank you. (laughs) You can't help it. (laughs) I didn't want them to ever feel like I was trying to play on their level. You know, I didn't want Solange to think that I was ever making it about me or anything like that. I really wanted to make it clear to them. The focus is on you. So I'm just, I'm just here to facilitate so much her getting the, uh, the information from you and presenting it in the best possible. Sober is an amazing song. So what did Lord say about it? 
She said that it was, uh, you know, it was a result of her having these parties when she was in, in New Zealand. She had just gotten over a breakup, and she would have these um, house parties. But um, while everyone else was having a, a good time, she was kind of in her own mode. She had her own mental space um, as she would drift through. And so some of the backing vocals there represent these voices, you know, in a party coming out at you kind of disembodied. And it's also a song that, you know, she she produced the album with Jack Antonoff, who also did Taylor Swift's record and a bunch of other people. But it's a song that she really had a big hand in the production. So she talks about, you know, writing the chords and how it needed to have a specific kind of rhythm because she wanted it to feel like it was trying to leap ahead of the beat. This kind of feeling of having a crush and being trying to get ahead of that feeling, you know, always feeling like you're about to jump out of your skin with excitement. Love. Yeah, it's really, she was great. I loved, um, that loveless like slash it's like that like long yeah the long one yeah, yeah it's like, I love that song yeah and then like what kind of song makers are there like if you had to divide them into like two camps hmm. so I started doing the show because I've been making records and touring for years and years and years but I I never learned you know sort of the proper way to do things and have always just kind of been DIY and flying by the seat of my pants and I always wanted to. I always had the sense that there was like a sort of a better way to do things or the right way to do things. So I'm always asking people, you know, how did you make that? I'm trying to find out what the secrets were. And so this is kind of my way in um, to ask some of those things. And one of the things that's been nice about discovering the process for so many artists is it doesn't really feel like it's easy to categorize people. It's, there's no like easy taxonomy. There are certainly some artists who are more focused on the production and there's some other people who are able to chase down an emotion through lyrics, you know, and that's their way in. Um, but even from song to song, people's approach to music making changes. And so the really nice thing has been learning that there is no right way. You know, it's just sort of you just have to have a level of um, perseverance. Once you have some inspiration, you just have to persevere and see it through. And I tend to focus on the moments in uh, songs when people fail. I think just because it's it's so nice to hear people who you really admire get it wrong or, or you know, question themselves, doubt what they're doing. And you can hear why. You know, you, you'll hear uh, – there was an Arcade Fire episode recently and there's a version of the song that they threw away, that they recorded and they're like, yeah, this was wrong. And they thought the song wasn't going to be on the album. And you hear the version that they threw away and you hear why it wasn't right. You guys, we just have to take a gorgeous quick little break on a gorgeous advertising journey and uh, we're going to go and it's going to be together. And it won't be that long and I'm going to make it really funny. So just stick around and remember failure with artists and listening to a song that those people threw away. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. And we were just talking about... Um, Arcade Fire. Yeah, Arcade Fire. I keep I was looking at Lumineers and kept wanting to see Lumineers. I knew that that wasn't right. But so did you, in your listener music fan, like, did you were like, oh, like, that didn't sound like as good as the one that was like the radio edit or whatever? I think so, yeah. I think I could see why they decided to go, you know, keep going with it. Cute. Yeah. So I guess what have you learned about laying down a song or like making a song? I think what the most sort of um, important fundamental thing that I've learned is to question myself less about these instincts, you know, and have um, less focus on this idea of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And so am I doing this the right way? What would be the, the way that, you know, a, a real musician, a more professional musician, even though I've, I guess I am a real musician, I've played shows and put out records and all that stuff, but it's just you always think about the person who you admire and you think, what would they have done? And I've found out, you know, sometimes they do the same silly things that I do and you just have to make it work or, or believe in it and uh, enough to see it through. And uh, that's the most important thing. 
you don't see how talented you are, you little boobers. I can already tell. <laughs> you have like some self-actualization like issues. Like you don't realize like how fierce you are. You should work on that. You're gorgeous. <laughs> um, so what would you say from everyone that you've interviewed? What is like the most in common that the artists have that you've worked with? Like what? Right. What's like a thread that they all have that has gotten them to where they are? I think one thing that I end up responding to in terms of who I want to book for the show is someone where clearly in the song there is a lot of thoughtfulness. You know, it has to be something that sparks a reaction in me of, you know, I want to get curious about what went into this. And there have been a couple of interviews that haven't worked, a couple of episodes that, that didn't work out. Where oh, I and then you didn't air it? And I, yeah, and I didn't air it. I only ever did that once. Really? Yeah. And actually, Kali Wally, you were there, and um, the episode was so fucking boring that I fell asleep like recording <laughs> it. Like, I literally like fell asleep in the recording studio because it was like warm and it was like dark and like I literally like, dozed off in the middle of his answer that I was like, I must not be that curious about this subject. And so I never aired it. And you Y'all are never going to know because I'm not going to tell you about it. Yeah. Is that how yours is too? Yes. Cute. I mean, well, so the, the people who – the two instances I'm thinking of, actually, I probably would have tried to make it work. But the artists themselves afterwards axed the episodes. They did? Yeah. So you didn't ax it? I, I didn't. I'm, but when we, when we turn – when, we tu- when we're done recording this, like, you have to tell me who it is. I will. But I will never tell the people who are listening. Unless you guys, like, ask really, really nice and send me lots of, like, <laughs> topless pics and then I might t- – no, no, they don't have to be topless. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, buddy. Um, and um, you don't have to tell me, but um, – I just winked really hard. You guys, I'm going to find out, but I'm never going to tell you guys. Oh my God. Right. But so they axed it. Yeah. And, and you know, and I think part of and the reason really why. And you were really respectful. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, my, my job, I think, is really to put them in the best light possible. So if they didn't feel comfortable, then I don't want to do it. But those two interviews, really, the, the answers that I got weren't that thoughtful. My vector as an interviewer is to try and ask the questions that'll reveal thoughtfulness, you know, like what was the, emo- you know, what experience did you have that led to this lyric? What emotion were you trying to reach when you have this sound supporting it? Stuff like that. And if they don't have thoughtful answers, then it isn't going to work. And I think the best episodes of Song Exploder are ones where the person like Solange is a clear artist, you know, knows everything. Or like Bjork. Bjork was amazing because she could say, I had this, uh, this thing happened to me and then I turned it into this melody and then I recorded the melody with this instrument because of these reasons and then we recorded it this way because I wanted the listener to feel this heartbreak. You know, yeah, was, she's such an artist. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those tend to be the people who I gravitate towards sort of naturally. Who would you want to work with that you haven't gotten to interview yet? Oh, so many people. I mean, we could do 30 minutes just on that. Three. Three. Um, Pharrell. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What uh, song would you – do you do you let them pick the song or do you pick the song? It's, sometimes it's, it's a mix. Usually it's a conversation. The thing that I ask for is which song is most significant to them personally. I don't want to know just about the hit. Um, because sometimes the hit is a great song, but it's not the one that has the most. Yeah, I'm always it. like into like that like 11 track like so yeah. like don't you wait for instance. Yeah, Solange track 12 in seat at the table. Yeah, but it's really gorgeous. Yep, that's the whole point of the show. Is as a listener, you don't know everything that lies you know behind the surface of the song. So I ask them, and they'll send me some options, and then I'll listen for what you know which one sonically or lyrically might feel like it might be the richest. So. Not to keep harping on Solange, but like, and I'm, like, I'm not harping because I'm obsessed. But like, so was it was Cranes in the Sky essentially just about like observing life and the circle of it all and how it like it doesn't. She she talks a lot about her because it's own nummy. Biography. It's a lot about like nummy. It's like I like I she's like trying to numb out, trying to tap out. Yeah, she she talked about you know the the 
moment in her life when she um, split with her partner, the, the father of her child, and moved away and was trying to sort of find her own life. She moved back to where, to the town where she grew up with her parents and then left from there, you know, went to all these different places. And, um, and so it's really about, yeah, kind of about her own individual journey um, from who she had been to how she could figure out where she was going to go. I just think that A Seat at the Table is like one of the most important albums ever. Like it's so too. in almost, she's kind of like the Allie Raisman to Simone Biles in the sense that like, if Allie Raisman had been alive in a time that Simone Biles wasn't a gymnast, like she would have been like the best, like eons above the best, like the best of all time. Right. But she just so happened to be doing gymnastics at the time when like the Michael Phelps of all the Michael Phelps, I mean, they just... That was just, like, how it went. And I feel like Solange as an artist, like, her older sister is one of the most prolific entertainers and performers. Like, my family has a broadcast company, so my mom, like, being in the company, like, I think that she had to work, like, twice as hard for half the respect because people were like, well, you already had this job because of, like, this. But so similar with Beyonce. Like, I think right. people kind of did, didn't want to give her the credit, and they wanted right. to they wanted to make her, like, the redheaded stepchild. And she had to work so hard to get the respect that she has. But Yeah, she was great. Um and I also love Tina's um, Instagram and her corny joke Fridays. <laughs> their their mom, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice to not have to scare anybody off with questions about biography. You know, I'm not going to go in there and ask her about you know what's your relationship with your family. Like? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But by asking them a little bit about what inspired their work, it can lead to some really interesting and thoughtful places. Yeah. When I love that, and you're like not like a gotcha, like nasty person, you're just like a really right. sweet, amazing, like artist person. I, I want to try. I mean, and I cut out all of the ums and the uhs and the pauses and everything. And I and I, the show is really made out of the editing. The interview is sort of like one of the raw ingredients, and then the song is the other raw ingredient. But then it's really like cooked with the editing. So, um, you know, like this two hour interview with Solange ends up only being twenty five minutes because, you know, sometimes in the course of the conversation, it'll jump around, and you know, someone might remember something about something we talked about at thirty minutes, an hour later, and then I'll edit it together. So it's just you know when we're talking about this one part of the song. Here's, you know, 45 seconds about that part, and it comes out as, like, one coherent yeah. single thought. You make it, like, shorter, tighter, faster. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. It's yeah. great. So with actual, like, song making, mm -hmm. like, I, the thing that comes to my head when I ask this question is, like, that baby voice in that one Aaliyah song. Like, that, like, that, <laughs> eh, like... I that noise that noise still haunts me, <laughs> like or that like that fucking that like I hate this song like so much like I literally like just like the thought of it, like I want to take this like metal rod and just like jam it through my eye repeatedly. But that that song that was popular like a long time and there was like I can't even fake sing it because I hate it so much. But it's like Beverly Hills. That's where I want to oh be. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, and, so that's a Weezer song. Weezer was on uh, Song Exploder and possibly had the most controversial episode of the podcast. You know, it's not a po controversial podcast for all the reasons that we talked about, but they had— um, Why? Because the process that Rivers Cuomo, the singer from Weezer, goes through to write the songs blew people's minds. Well, what did he do? So many of his songs are about, especially in his first albums, were like these really uh, heartbreaking kind of teen angst. What? Okay, and also just, just how meta this is. I didn't know that Weezer sang that song. I didn't even see Weezer on this list. I didn't even know. She's so meta. But what <laughs> other songs did Weezer make? I don't know. Because I don't... 
anything that's not Beyonce, Solange, Sarah Bareilles, like anything, anything outside of like my gay stuff that yeah. like I'm a, oh, and like the Dixie Chicks. There's a couple country things, but anything other than the than my things in my head is like Simon and Garfunkel. Right. I put it all in this file. That's like that Simon and Garfunkel music, and Weezer would definitely be there. Because <laughs> um, like I don't give a fuck. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like I'm sure you're great, but I just don't give a fuck. Sure. But do they make other songs that I might know that I th- would have thought was cute? I'm sure there's there, that you might have heard the song. Um, the sweater song. If you want to destroy my sweater, pull the string and oh yeah. So walk away. every song they make, I hate. <laughs> yeah, like everyone is just like uh, yeah, like yeah. It's like if you want my sweater, it's like that awful sweater song. Yeah. What? Any other ones? Um, they had an, uh, another song from that record, um, Buddy Holly. Ooh wee. Oh uh, yeah, I Holly. really hate all their music. Um, and you know, I bet they're super duper nice, and I bet they don't like my Instagram, so it's fine. Like we don't all have to like each other's like art. Exactly. And so with with song and sweater, I try and have. A huge range of uh, kinds of artists, you know, um, from the stuff that you would put in the Simon and Garfunkel category to the stuff that you might actually like, and, and sort of everything in yeah. between. Yeah, because you have to you have to service all the children. I'm not your only listener, right? And that, but you have a new listener, honey. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I'm like I'm like your biggest fan now. Awesome. I didn't even know. But so what? Um, but so what? What has? So what did he do? How did he make the songs? This Weezer boy. Oh, he, well, he uses a series of spreadsheets where he'll he'll he writes his lyrics by um, sort of a process of automatic writing where he'll. Um, have you know sort of free associate and then look go through and look look at the phrases that he likes and then enter into a spreadsheet and then he categorizes in the spreadsheet how many syllables the the phrase has and whether or not the phrase starts or ends on an accented or unaccented syllable then later when he comes up with a melody he goes through the spreadsheet and finds words that correspond to the number of notes and the way the melody moves and then just sticks the words on that melody. So that must be why I hate it so much because it's like formulaic and like doesn't really have no seriously like it's formulaic and it's more like to sell music to masses it's like trying to get you like on a hook. Well, I, I need he, like a Sarah Bareilles song. I need like a story like I need because even like with porn like I don't like I can't you just like, can't go right in mm-hmm. like I need to know like I need to know the story. Like, was that, like, did, like, was that, like, your ex and he hurt you and now you right. haven't seen each other for three years, so it's about to be some, like, hot ass, like, like, I need a story. That's why that episode, I think, was so shocking because everyone sort of assumes that there is this, you know, strong narrative and, and, or, well, I don't know why they would think that having listening to those songs. <laughs> and most of the time on, on Song Exploder, you, you do get that. And I think one of the things that's most, Exciting for me as someone who makes it is when people say, I listened to this episode with an artist who I've never heard of. You know, someone even, <gasps> you know, people. You should get Lizzo. I've been trying to. She, she, she left a comment on my Instagram saying, I want to do an episode. She would, and, she uh, did my, she, she is, I love her so much. I've been trying. I would love her to do. Can um, you make that happen? DM her. All right. But sometimes that happens, you know, like you, you two was on the show. It took a year to get them to, on the show. You, you're chasing people down this list. Yeah. Got, I'm, you know, I'm sure you you know you, you got to do that. If there's something, it was really yeah. It's yeah. Well, I have more help now. The first season of Getting Curious was like truly a nightmare. Yeah. Like you she, ha- you had a guy Branham though, big big get. Guy, guy no Branham. no major. Yeah, but I, but I mean like I mean I was like I was like how am I going to find like an astrophysicist right or like a Russian historian yeah or like uh, I don't. But wait, so show me this computer. Oh, um, Colin had asked me if maybe I would bring um, his some name is Collie Wally. Oh, Collie Wally. Yeah. <laughs> Asked if I would bring some music. We could talk about how, um, you know, my own experience of making music. I said, sure. 
I have a band, so I make music under the name the One AM Radio. But then I also started a new band recently called Moors, where I make the music and the lyrics and vocals are done by Keith Stanfield. Look, Keith Stanfield, he's in, on the TV show Atlanta. I don't know if you watch that show. Yeah, he plays Darius on the Love. show. So we have a band together, um, and so I, I brought a track that we did um, called Gas. That are you looking for someone to sing it? <laughs> you need, Maybe you, if you want to, I'll do like a strong British accent, do, um, and you well, can take the hooks. Yeah, I want to be like okay. really like Lily Collins and do like a really. Or wait, that's her name, right? Lily Collins. Yeah. Um, fuck your, fuck your. Oh, fuck, Lily Allen. Yeah, Lily that's Allen. what I mean. That's what Lily I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, so here's here's a little bit of of that song. It goes like this. And so on Song Exploder. Is that you? No, that's Keith. Oh. I don't rap. I was going to say, I was like, you're so... Um, you know, so on Song Exploder, I asked people to just... And you made the beat? I made the beat, yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. And so you can hear like... I love that like lordiness to her. <laughs> so this, so the, this is just, you know, the first layer that I started with, which was uh, that's a a group of nine women in my living room who I recorded uh, singing. Okay, I want to do one of the, you got to have me over. I'll, do, I'll, I'll lay down your backing track. <laughs> okay. I can do that. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, it was actually like this longer, longer vocal thing that they did um, that you can hear. It's. But then I cut it up. And... So I'm taking little pieces of that and then cutting it up and then making this little r- rhythmic. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's some drums, but it's all drum machine and it's kind of electronic. And so I wanted to make sure there was some human stuff to it. So I played, uh, with some drumsticks, like actual real playing. And then you put them together. It goes. And then... So then Keith added his vocals later, and and in the chorus he says he says, uh, "Sorry, mama, I'm out of gas." So, for that part in the chorus, we did this little thing where we slowed down his voice. Normally he would say it like that. He says it like that, but then we made it like this. I'm out of gas. Oh. When you were doing the um, the first part, when it was like the voices, like yeah. that was making me like uh, that was giving me visions of um, just getting railed, and then um, <laughs> like in my head, and then the percussiony part was like power walking, like I was like, but not getting real, like I was like, and like a really fierce like kind of like Korean designer ish like thing with heels and like power stomping, lots of like floaty fabric. Mm-hmm. It's weird how like just the instruments like give you like feelings and you and it sounds totally different when you hear them by themselves and then when it was all together it was like well now i'm not getting railed or in a korean thing i'm listening to the song right who knew <laughs> um thank you so much for coming thank you so much for having me um uh it's you, like you summoned me i i, I full summoned you yeah but your podcast is amazing i i feel like this was um this is really kind of embarrassing for me in the sense that, like, this is, like, when I get interviewed about Queer Eye and, like, they never saw it. Yeah. Um, so sorry I did that to you. <laughs> That's okay. But you really, like, amazing concept. I can't wait to listen. Thank and you. I, you're just an amazingly creative person. And I, and I love this. Did you see Everything Sucks when it came out on Netflix by any chance? No. Oh, okay. That's all right. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. 
But tell me about it. Recap her. Sell me. Sell me. It's a really sweet show, high school show that's set in the '90s. Oh, it got that where there's a uh, yeah exactly and yeah. It's about uh, a young girl and a boy, and the girl is still in the closet, but she's a lesbian. She's just discovering that she's a lesbian, and uh, and they start dating as sort of like a way for her to cover. She uses it as beard. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Cute. But so I did the music for that. Um, Babe. And, and so we, I was all excited about Netflix. And then right, right around the time Queer Eye came out, too, I think they both came out in February? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was really exciting. To That's be awesome. Like, oh, we're in the, on the, and then, you know, now we got to meet in person. I love that. And um, congratulations on doing that show. I love that story. Thanks. And, uh, and people are going to find you on your social, and we're going to include links to that. And just thank you so much for giving me your time on a gorgeous Sunday. Thank you for giving me your time. Yeah. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Bennett. My guest this week was Rishi Hereway. And you guys, follow his Instagram. He's, like, literally so attractive. He's, like, not in front of me anymore because, like, I record this part, like, afterwards. Like, literally, so cute. Like, beyond so cute. Like, don't slide into his DMs because he's definitely married, but, like, worth a follow, especially if he posts a topless picture and he's gorgeous. Uh, you'll find links to uh, Rishi's work on Song Exploder, West Wings Weekly, and his socials in the episode description of whatever you're listening to this show on. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JVN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. And if you enjoyed our show, you know the drill, y'all. Just, like, tell somebody. Like, don't keep it to yourself. Share. Um, and also, truth be told, I have passionately implored you guys to do this, like, four times in a row because we did a lot of recordings of Getting Curious today. And... I don't really have it in me to do such a impassioned one. Like I don't, and I love you. And if you're if you're literally still listening to this point in the podcast, like good on you. And I feel like I should reward you with a tidbit. And that tidbit is maybe like if you ever thought it was a good idea to like go off on someone uh, when you're doing like a live recording of Getting Curious uh, on Instagram to like cyberbully them. Don't. It's not nice to cyberbully. Cute. Bye. We get a lot of tweets, honey. We get all the tweets. Some of them are asking for our episodes to be a bit longer. Some of them are for, uh, you know, wanting me to do episodes where people ask me for advice. So I'm setting up a gorgeous voicemail number where you can call with questions, and I'm going to be making a bonus podcast series where I try to answer them. Like, I don't know, what's going on with your hair? Like, it's she gets so oily, and you just can't get through, and you try all the things, but it doesn't work. Or like, I don't know how to exfoliate. Or like, this girl will not pay no attention to me or this guy will not leave me alone. It's kind of like a dear Abby, but she's kind of beauty and then she's kind of life and she's kind of, you basically just like ask me stuff, you know, based off of my life experience. Um, am I a doctor? No. Should you take my advice? You be the judge of that. Uh, I, I'm just making you a gorgeous bonus podcast series that I want you to take part of. So uh, keep your questions as short as possible, but cute. Uh, we want to keep them focused. And as you can see, that is an issue for me. So uh, use a fake name if you want to remain anonymous, or you can re uh, tell us your real name if you want to not be anonymous, uh, but make sure you know. Um, and leave your phone number if you're willing to have me call you back. So honey, leave that number. Uh, the show will be coming to Stitcher Premium later this year. The number is 323-606-9351. Again, that's 323-606-9351. And don't worry if you can't remember it. We'll include it in the show's episode description so you can just open your phone and find it there. Problems, advice, or whatever you're curious about, give me a call. 323-606-9351.